that's that's actually kind of interesting coming from the FBI. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Uh, what, what do you mean if you can't live with the data? So, so what the FBI said, uh, so, so I mentioned in, in mentioning that this has happened before and we've heard of this happening before. Are we talking about the, the DDoS yeah. attack on the large, what I, uh, the DDoS attack. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, okay, we're going to, we're talking about cybersecurity during the, the, the topic part of the portion of the show, right. correct? Yeah. Right. So we're trying a new format today mm -hmm. in addition to a new time slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is some bantering and talking about current news events mm -hmm. and then answering some questions that have come into us or questions our clients have asked us. Mm -hmm. And then this, that's all the first hour. And then the second hour, we'll focus on a topic or we'll have a guest. Mm -hmm. And the guest will obviously have a topic or topics. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have a guest today. So we're going to today, we're, uh, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk about cybersecurity mm -hmm. and cybercrime. Mm -hmm. And DDoS is one of them. Right. And what to do and what to look for and how to mitigate against it. Mm -hmm. Because it is, right now, the fastest growing crime syndicate in the world. Cybercrime? Yep. Yep. Way fast, way faster than drugs. Uh, well, as long as you exclude governments. Now, governments are making millions of dollars by selling drugs or and, and having wars on dr uh, non-government drug providers. But uh, that's a different story. So, uh, so you want to talk about news? Yes, please. Okay. So, one thing in the news, which I, this is not, this is just a news thing. Uh, it's not necessarily technology or small, but it's kind of business related, actually. Mm -hmm. Actually, it is. And we're going into the holiday season. So, it is relevant. Uh, the controversy. <laughs> It's 8 o'clock. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse on Mutiny Radio. Yes! Woo! People are excited about the beginning of Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I'm excited about it. We have a great lineup tonight, you guys. It's going to be amazing. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Running the ones and twos back there, it's David Zunzu Kersher. Give it up for him right now. Yeah! We're here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. We'll do a few jokes uh, to get the people in here. They're all doing what comedians do, smoking cigarettes, drinking beers outside, not paying attention to other people's sets. That's okay. We have two people right now in the house that are not comedians. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Give it up for them real people with actual personalities that are here to laugh at stuff. I love that. I love real people. Uh, I am, I'm not a real person. I'm a comedian. Uh, I talk way about, too much about what my butthole looks like. That's just a thing. Uh, I, I'm 41 years old and I feel really uncomfortable about my butthole. What? I gotta say, like, I feel really comfortable about all the other parts of my body. Like, I'm still pretty thin at 41. I, my thighs look okay, pretty tight tummy. I, I can wave bye-bye to you and my arm doesn't do that bye-bye wave. You know, like when you wave and the arm's like, bye-bye, bye-bye. That's not my problem. My problem is actually uh, my butthole. I don't like getting banged from behind by my boyfriend because I feel like he's staring at it all the time and it's, it's not attractive. It looks like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. 
Yeah, my, my, my butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. It's not pretty, you guys. 41 years old, I don't know how to make a hemorrhoid look cute. That's the problem. I just don't know what to do with that. I've tried shaving it, you know? Uh, I've tried, uh, I don't understand the procedures that I'm supposed to get in to shave these parts of my body. It's so difficult. It's so difficult for me. And I don't like shaving anyway, because I feel like this is just a construct that was set up by Gillette in like the early 1900s as an advertising campaign. You know, it's just a way to say like, hey, you'll never be good enough. Isn't that what ads tell us these days? They're like, hey, buy this product, because if you don't, if you don't wear that shade of pink lipstick, your lips will never be pretty enough. No one will ever want to stick your dick, their dick in your mouth because your lips don't look pretty enough. You know, like guys like uh, a chapstick mouth. You know, they like to stick their dick with, uh, into a mouth that has really moisturized lips, right? So you got to keep it fresh in the lips. Uh, so you got to buy all the, all the things, buy everything. I don't like buying stuff, you know, and I don't, I don't understand. I have to buy razors and do these things that I don't want to do. In 1904, I couldn't flash a hairy ankle, uh, without being a disgusting slut. And now in 2015, if I don't shave uh, all of my legs up to my twat, like a four-year-old girl, uh, I'm a disgusting savage that no one wants to have sex with. Will never be good enough. Gillette, the best a man can get. I will never be good enough, Gillette. I will never be the best man can get. I don't know if you guys heard about this. There's a new Gillette razor. It has 17 blades. 17 blades! So it's gonna get every single hair. The, uh, the beauty is that the 13th blade is easily removable so that you can uh, slice your own neck in the shower because you'll never be good enough. You'll never, doesn't matter how you try to get all those hairs. There, there's, I actually, one of my best friends, um, she has been on Tinder and OkCupid and the whatnot. She's been serial dating and been having a problem with it. And she texted me the other day and she's like, I'm convinced that this guy broke up with me because I didn't pluck the mole hair on my left arm. I'm like, are, is it really that serious of an issue? Like you think that you didn't pluck the mole hair on your left arm and he broke up with you? Is this a thing now? Like guys are shaming women for their body hair like configurations. This is a thing. I, I have a daily fight with hair, all right? They come out of here on my chinny chin chin and here on my chinny chin. And I'm a mustache, and then the eyebrows, and then there's this one weird one on my cheek, and there's like three on my neck. It was just, the, the war was too difficult for me to fight on my own, and I had to bring in like a mercenary team, right? So I asked my boyfriend, I was like, will you get on board? Will you fight this fight? And he's like, he's like, I'm on board. I will, f I will help fight the war. He's a bannerman fighting the war against my facial hair. Absolutely. So he's been getting up really up close and personal and plucking hairs out of my face. Uh, and that's really great, and I appreciate that he's fighting the fight. But the problem was, we're hanging out, we're at the bus stop, we're at the 27 bus stop, and the sun is shining so brightly. And my, my boyfriend is such a wonderful human being, and he looks at me, and he says to me, you are the most beautiful person I've ever met in my entire life. You have like two hairs, like right there, if I could just get them. I'm like, not at the bus stop, all right? You had like two hours at home to get all the hairs. I'm sorry the light is better at the bus stop, but we're not plucking them in public. Also, the only 
uh, like tweezers I have on my person are the tiny, tiny ones on the very tiny uh, Swiss Army knives. You know the tiny, tiny Swiss Army knives with the tiny toothpick and then the tiny tweezers? That's all I had. We can't, we can't get into it that hardcore at the bus stop. That's too much, right? It's too much. It's, I really, stop fighting the war, honey. It's okay. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to actually get a new, uh, a new wax bath, and I'm just going to dip my entire body in wax and then just peel the whole thing off. So I'm like a hairless, weird cat. And I get just like I have the tiniest, cutest pussy in the whole world. I, I, I know, it's a terrible thing. No, I love hair too, honey. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, all right, we're going to do what we do here. We're going to sing a song about Pam Tyson's Comedy Clubhouse. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high Hi, hi, hi Granddaddy Perp all day M-U-T-I-N-Y Comedy Clubhouse Do you want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! I'm so excited about that this is going to be a super awesome night. Yeah! I... Well, the, the best thing is over, over 8,000 people a week actually download this podcast. So 8,000 people that are downloading is Thank you for doing this. Although there's eight people in the room right now, there's 8,000 people a week that download this beautiful and wonderful show. Our first set of tonight, these singers, these amazing people, our first set of tonight is actually, they won the, they get the guest set uh, from the happy hour open mic here at Mutiny Radio. It's every Friday from 6 to 7.45. And the best set of that show gets to do a showcase uh, set here. So he's been running our door. He's going to come in. He's got a darling little dog. He's going to do our opening set of the night. You guys are going to love him. Clap your hands together wildly. Also, come to his show every Sunday from 4 to 6, Timothy Pizza's open mic. And also love him on Thursday or Tuesday nights from 10 to midnight. Fuck everything, fuck you. You guys are going to love his comedy. It's Timothy Pizza! Oh, man, this is going to be a good show. I can feel it. I'm happy about it. When I get excited, I like to sing a motherfucking cheese song! Friday night, I want to get pumped. You got to fight for your right to Havarti. You know, sometimes they get a little sentimental. Till a look at me now. And then after I get sentimental, I like to get a little sexy. Get ready for sexy time. Is it weird that I call it sexy time? I can't go for that. Oh, no fondue. <laughs> so uh, you guys get uh, periods? <laughs> you guys get, uh, get your periods? Periods are great. Everybody gets periods. You know, it's uh, life. You know, I live with five girls in college, and uh, they told me that all their periods synced up together. I was like, fuck, that's gorgeous. I don't get it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's the world. But then I finally understood it. I got a guy friend. He calls me every time I'm pooping. We're tide locked. <laughs> Fucking sun and moon. We are yin and yang. Shit is amazing. Um, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to date. I think everybody should date, and I want to do it responsibly. 
which is why I'm making an app. I'm gonna be fucking rich! It's an app where you can type in your STDs and date people with the same STDs. <laughs> Fuck off, I'm doing a set! <laughs> Fuck off! Um, okay, so how does that open? Okay, so the app does exist, whatever. Threw me off my, uh, threw me off my train of thought here. But, uh, okay, so how's that uh, opening line gonna go? You know, you get on the app, you type in your, uh, you type in your SCD, how's that gonna go? Hey baby, let's do this. It's uh, syphilis, not syphilis you. <laughs> or say you're, say you're tired. Say you say you're tired of fucking ugly people and you're willing to fuck a hot person for crabs. Cause you can get rid of crabs in a month, maybe three weeks, maybe two if you're lucky, if you got a good enough doctor. Kaiser, hell no. But uh, you know, so you could, you know, beep bop boop into the app and hopefully find a girl that's got crabs and is insecure enough to fuck you. Uh, how's that opening line opening line gonna go? Hey baby, let's do this. Don't be shellfish. But uh, there's an app in this city called It's Just Lunch. And It's Just Lunch is a real thing. And it's fucking like thousands of dollars to join for six months. And it pisses me off. And so all of us, all, every single fucking one of us can't, can't be a part of it. It's so the rich elite can date the rich elite. And if I had the money to do this, oh man, would I take advantage of it. First thing I would do is I'd go to Baby Gap and I'd get myself a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> the second thing I'd do is eat like three Viagra before the date, so I'm just rocking some toddler sweatpants and a raging hard on. And I'd just like, <laughs> I'd wear a wife beater and I'd sit down at the table, and, you know, I'd order caviar and they'd bring it out and I'd start spreading it on the bread with my car keys. <laughs> and I'd look her in the eyes and answer all her questions with farts. And then, you know, it's brunch, so she's gonna order the bottomless mimosas, so I just take my pants off. <laughs> it's a thinker, it's a thinker, bottomless, bottomless. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, I, you know, I feel bad for the girl, but it's like, eh, what doesn't kill you only makes you more hateful. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I used to be, uh, anybody ever tried to be friends with an ex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in love with this girl. It was a short little blonde thing, absolutely gorgeous. And um, she dumped me. It broke my heart. And I, you know, I, I couldn't deal with it. So I went to my roommate and I said, hey, Johnny, what do I do? And he goes, you got to leave the cage door open. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? He goes, you got a bird. The bird lives in a cage. Uh, you uh, open the cage door. The bird leaves. You leave the door. You leave the cage door open. One day the bird will come back. So sure enough, like a year later, I run into this girl down at Bimbo's, a venue down here, and um, we kind of hit it off. And uh, we make plans to hang out Friday night. Friday night we go out, it's dinner, it's dancing, uh, everything's a fucking blast. Um, I'm a gentleman the whole entire time. We have so much fucking fun that she loses track of time and misses her BART train, and she's gotta stay at my place. So we go back to my, ha my house, we get into my bed, and she goes, Timmy, don't make a move on me, I just gotta have a fucked up relationship, you know? Be cool. I'm like, okay, cool, cool, great. I'm a gentleman. This is awesome. I go to bed with a smile on my face. I am happy. I just really like this girl. I want to get back into it. And I, you know, I, I fall asleep. Everything's good. Everything's great. And then I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, dry humping the fucking hell out of this girl <laughs> in my sleep. Just like, like my dick was like, I remember you. <laughs> she freaks out. She freaks out. And she makes 
a wall of pillows in between my cock and her junk, which is the most humiliating thing that can ever happen to a man is the cock pillow wall so that you can't sleep humper. Um, I, I panic and tell her that I had a dream I was horseback riding. <laughs> so we laugh it off and the next morning when I'm driving her back home, uh, we actually make plans to hang out the following Friday night. And uh, you know, we go out, it's dinner, it's dancing, it's fun, it's the same thing all over again and she misses the, the BART train again. And I'm terrified. I'm terrified this whole time I'm thinking like, a, is this gonna awaken something in me? And am I gonna be the motherfucker on Muni dry humping some asshole at five o'clock in the afternoon? Like, is this gonna be my thing now? But like, no, 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 I'm gonna fight it. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm a fucking gentleman, I'm a fucking gentleman. So you know what I do? Like a fucking gentleman, we crawl into bed because she missed the train again. I wait there for about an hour and 10 minutes to make sure she's asleep. She's snoring and drooling. And like a gentleman, I sneak off to the bathroom and vigorously masturbate on the edge of the bathtub. Like a gentleman. But you know what, guys? I left the bathroom door open. Because you got to leave the cage door open. Right? I'm, I'm Timothy Pizza. Uh, maybe I'll see you on the bus. Timothy Pizza, leaving the cage door open. Bundling, my God, he's like old school bundling. Uh, that's what they used to call it back in the day, like in the 1849s. It was a, it was called bundling, and they would, they would lay together in the bed, but they would have this like thing in between, like an actual trough that you would lie down before you were married, because you would often get to see if it was working out. Like you had to try the cow before you took it out of the barn or whatever. <laughs> but it was more like. You laid with the cow in the barn, but you didn't try anything. It was a weird... 1849 was a strange time, you guys. Uh, hey, I'm so excited. We have visiting comedians here tonight. What? What does that mean? That means you've never heard their jokes, which means you're going to laugh like motherfuckers. We're going to get these guys... You guys, visiting comedians, you've never heard their jokes before. L.A. people, come inside. Uh, our first of the LA comedians, so excited that he's here. Put your hands together, everybody. Slap them wildly for Chris Estrada. How's it going, everyone? Nice to be in San Francisco. Hope everybody's doing all right. It's really dope. What's this neighborhood? Is this neighborhood the Mission? Is it the Mission? It's a really nice neighborhood. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me. Guys, I, I guess I should tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles in the 1990s, and uh, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of gangs in my neighborhood when I was growing up, but I never joined a gang because my mom really encouraged me to have hobbies. She was dope, man. Like, she took me to play baseball, soccer, whatever I wanted, you know? But I also didn't join a gang because the gang I wanted to join said they didn't accept punk-ass bitches. <laughs> So mostly it was being a punk-ass bitch that kept me out of a gang. I'm going to be honest with you guys, being a punk-ass bitch isn't that bad, though, because I was doing some research and studies show that the life expectancy of a gangster is 24 years old. However, the life expectancy of a punk-ass bitch, 76 years old, guys. 76 years old. I'm going to be around for a long time, guys. Studies also show that punk-ass bitches usually have a 401k with a 7% investment plan. <laughs> guys, who gets that kind of return? Punk-ass bitches get that kind of return. 
guess what I'm trying to tell you guys is I'm about that punk ass bitch life, guys. I'm about it. And I really like this place. I feel like I'd be personal with you guys. Uh, it's kind of a personal story, but like my last serious girlfriend dumped me for a dude that does airbrush paintings of the Virgin Mary. Really, really fucked me up. You know what I mean? Really, really. I think I think what fucked me up even worse was how great this fool was at doing airbrush paintings of the Virgin Mary. You know what I mean? It's like hard to it's hard to hate on talent. You know what I mean? It's super hard to hate on talent. Uh, like. It, it really fucked me up because, like, I was so conflicted because the, the jealous part of me was, like, fuck this fool and his Virgin Mary paintings, you know? And then the Catholic part of me felt super guilty, and I was like, I'm sorry, Virgin Mary, I didn't mean any of that, you know? I felt super fucking horrible about it, guys. <laughs> so horrible. You don't even have to laugh at that because that's how horrible I feel about it, you know? But I think the person I was really mad at, though, was with my grandma because when I told her what happened, she said, oh, you should pray to the Virgin Mary. And I go, oh, pray that she dumps him. And she said, oh, no, she's not going to dump him. He sounds super talented. <laughs> she's, I was like, well, why would you tell me? What kind of advice is that? Like, why would you tell me that? And she said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm a 76-year-old Mexican woman. It's the only advice I know how to give, you know? She said that shit to five other people that day that she didn't even know. And it doesn't mean anything to her, guys. It means nothing. She said that to me while she was lighting the Virgin Mary candle, guys. <laughs> nice to be here. Guys, uh, earlier today I was talking to my friend on the way up here on this drive. And he was telling me there's a woman he really likes right now. And I told him, well, how do you know you like her? And he was like, man, because I can imagine myself spending a lot of time with her. And I was like, wow, that's how you know you like a woman. Like maybe I'm maybe I grew up in a different neighborhood or I watch too many movies, but I know I like a woman the moment I start fantasizing about getting shot in front of her. That's when I know, guys. That's when I fucking know. That's romantic shit, you know? And I'm not talking about some like I'm not talking about some heroic take a bullet for her type shit, you know? I'm talking about some real senseless violence type shit, you know what I mean? Like we're just walking down the street and we cut the corner and two fools only shoot me in front of her, you know? And I'm like bleeding out in front of her and she's panicking because she doesn't know what to do. Guys, that shit is romantic, man. That shit is fucking romantic. You know what I mean? That's so romantic to me. Well, and even based off of that, like, I'm pretty sure I'll be like ready to be in a committed relationship with her when I can imagine her at my funeral crying that she saw me die in front of her a week ago. <laughs> that shit is fucking great, guys. And even based off of that, like, I'm pretty sure I'll be ready to marry her when I can imagine her married to someone else. And she's still thinking about that time she saw me get shot in front of her 22 years ago. That's how long it's been, guys. She doesn't love that fool. She loves me, the dude that died in front of her 22 years ago, guys. <laughs> 22 years ago. Guys, uh, I'm really fascinated with celebrities. You know, I don't know if it's because I'm from L.A. or what it is, but, like, uh, my friend recently met Ben Affleck, and I asked him, well, what's Ben Affleck like? You know, like, uh, I wanted to know. I'm so, I'm so curious to know what this dude was like. And he, and he told me, he goes, Ben Affleck's the nicest guy in the world. He was super sweet to me. And my first reaction to hearing that a movie star like Ben Affleck is a really nice guy was, fuck that fool Ben Affleck, you know, that piece of shit. Because you know who else is a nice guy? I'm a fucking nice guy. I'm a really fucking nice guy, guys. I'm kind of known for being a nice guy. Like, he's kind of taking that away from me. I don't know if you guys know that. But, like, I don't think, and it's, like, not fair because that means my ugly niceness now has to compete with his good-looking niceness, you know? And I don't think good-looking people should be nice. I don't. Because being nice is an ugly people quality, guys. Being nice, being nice is all some ugly people got going for themselves, you know? Like, you know how I get women? Because I'm an ugly fool with a heart of gold, guys. That's how I get women. It's an, it's an ugly fool with a heart of gold, you know? Like, 
and, and it's true. You know how Ben Affleck gets laid? He like introduces himself to a woman and he goes, hi, I'm Ben Affleck. You want to fuck? And she says, yes. The way I get laid is I go up to a woman and I go, hi, my name's Chris. You want to fuck? And she says, no. And then I say, well, that's cool. Can we be friends for a year? <laughs> and I can hang out and listen to your problems like a nice guy, like a really nice guy. Until one day you get tired of ug of like good looking assholes and you remember, you know, it's pretty nice. Chris is pretty nice. Goddamn right. I'm pretty nice. I'm the nicest dude you'll ever meet. You know, <laughs> guys, I have no idea. I'm so nice, guys. I'm really, really nice. Guys, um, I, uh, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood in South Los Angeles, you know, and like growing up, I never really had any like problems with like young black dudes. You know, they never bothered me and I like. They never bothered me and I never bothered them. We got along just fine, you know? So like based off my personal experiences, I don't understand why like white cops are scared of like young black dudes, you know? Because it, it's like completely racist and it makes no sense because if they should be scared of anyone, it should be Tongans. <laughs> Have you guys seen Tongans? They're fucking giants. They're fucking, they're fucking giants with tribal tattoos, you know? And they don't have tribal tattoos because they're bros. They have tribal tattoos because they're in fucking tribes, guys. <laughs> in fucking tribes. They're warriors. They're fucking warriors, these people. You know what I mean? Like, I used to think Samoans were on top of the human food chain. They're not. They've been battling that shit out with... I didn't even think it was possible for Samoans to have rivals. And they have rivals. And those fucking people are Tongans, guys. That's fucking crazy to me. Like, it's crazy to me that, like, white cops are scared of, like, young black dudes in hoodies, but, like, nobody's talking about how terrifying it is that in the middle of the Pacific there's an island full of giant Tongans. It's not fucking scaring anyone. I don't even like saying giant Tongans because it's redundant, guys. I'm so fucking redundant. Guys, uh... I, I'm really encouraged anytime I see a gangster turn his life around, you know, like when he goes from, like, when he stops being a gangbanger and start, stops doing bad shit. Like, uh, I live in a neighborhood and there's a lot of gang members in my neighborhood. And last night there was 25 of these fools fighting outside of my house. I don't know if you ever heard of these guys. They're called the Bloods. Uh, they're real lovable guys, you know, really super lovable guys. Just like with a tiny temper problem, you know, but that's about it. Tiny temper problem, but it was 25 of these fools fighting outside of my house, and I heard one of them say, "Man, I got an AK-47 in my car. I could kill all these motherfuckers right now, but I'm not about that life." And I just thought, "God damn, that's fucking beautiful," you know? Like this guy has a gun in his car and he's choosing not to use it. That's fucking great. And then right after he said that, he goes, "And I got a machete in my car, but I'm not about that life." <laughs> And then I was like, wait, dude, you got a machete and an AK-47 in your car? Nah, dude, I'm pretty sure you are about that life, you know? I'm also pretty sure nobody's ever corrected you on how to use that phrase. Probably because you have deadly weapons in your car and you lie about the lifestyle you're living. You know what I mean? That's crazy to me. But, like, but you just can't, like, have bad shit around you and say you're not about it. You know, like, I can't be pulled over by the cops and be like, oh, officer, all this kitty porn in my backseat? Yeah, but I'm not about that life, you know? <laughs> Guys, uh, some of my friends think I live... Uh, one of my friends was telling me he thinks I live in a ghetto neighborhood because there's a bunch of couches on the sidewalk. Good looking at my dude. He thinks, uh, he thinks I live in a ghetto neighborhood because there's a bunch of couches on the sidewalk. And I always got to tell him, dude, that's not ghetto. That's called hospitality. <laughs> Like, oh, you tired way? Fool, sit down. There's like three couches right there. There's a mattress, too, if you want to take a nap, you know? Because I don't know if you guys know this, but those couches are meant for you to come over and get a front row seat to all of the urban action, you know? Like, have you ever sat down on the sidewalk couch and seen a drive-by shooting happen? Guys, that shit is exciting. 
bullets are flying, bad guys are dying, good guys are dying. I don't know why good guys have to die, guys. I don't make the rules, but they die, you know? Like, have you ever sat down on a sidewalk couch and seen a crack deal go down? Guys, cancel your Netflix account, because that shit is way better than Narcos. Way better. It's better than anything Netflix original programming, you know? Like, you haven't lived life until you sat down on the sidewalk couch and seen a Mexican girl named Shy Girl fight another Mexican girl named Dimples over a tatted-up Mexican dude that they affectionately call Little Sniper, you know? <laughs> All from a sidewalk couch, guys. Guys, I'll leave you on this last thing. Uh, earlier today, I was reading this article that said how in the, 19, um, in the 1980s, the CIA got poor black people addicted to crack cocaine because they wanted to destroy the black community. That shit is true, and you can look it up on the internet. They made fucking documentaries about it in movies. But what I think is even more fucked up is how nobody's written an article about how in the 1990s, the Frito-Lay company got Latino children addicted to flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah. Nobody's talking about that shit, guys. That shit is a real tragedy because flaming hot Cheetos destroy Latino families, guys. Destroy, don't laugh, that, yeah, why would you? Because it's, it's a tragedy. Destroy Latino families. In the 1990s, all the way from South Central LA up to the mission, there was a bunch of Latino kids running around with like red Cheeto dust on their fingers and mouths, going into their parents' house and fucking up the plastic covered furniture, you know? <laughs> Shit was fucked up, guys. Shit was fucked up, man. I, stole, I used to steal money from my mom's purse just to buy Flaming Hot Cheetos, you know? <laughs> Like, my parents got a divorce because I was addicted to Flaming Hot Cheetos, you know? At my lowest point of addiction, and I'm not proud of this, guys, I stole my cousin's newborn baby and sold it for Flaming Hot Cheetos, you know? And, like, my cousin Jose still hasn't forgiven me to this day for it, and it's like, come on, fool, I'm not about that life anymore, you know? All right, thanks a lot, guys. Chris Estrada! The machete of comedy! He's an AK-47, he's a machete. I actually uh, tried to convince someone at, um, last week at Thanksgiving, I tried, a lady asked me, she said, what, what do you think is the main problem with gangs? What is their problem? And I said, Cheetos. <laughs> Too many Cheetos. It's snack foods, it really is. Frito-Lay is not making real food, you guys. Just da-da-da-da, the more you know. Gang members are supplied and funded and eating Cheetos. And the Flaming Hots, they make your pooper hurt a little bit. Like, who likes, like, it hurts a little bit on the outset. Um, hey, I am so excited about our next comedian. She is tall. She is lovely. She is hilarious. She had, like, an Ivy League education, which confuses me as to why she's doing comedy. Isn't it? It's Ivy. Yeah, it's you. Is Vanderbilt not Ivy League? I thought it was. I had a pair of Gloria Vanderbilt jeans in the early 80s, and that's really the only Vanderbilt that I know, but I know there's a college shoe. I really did, they were really great. They were high-waisted jeans, and they were super skinny leg. Uh, anybody, if you go to a local uh, place, go buy those Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, they're great. But you know what you're gonna enjoy right now, better than those jeans, is the comedy of this very funny lady. Put your hands together, it's Tess Berry. <laughs> Kind of works. How's everybody doing? Woo! Um, I didn't lose my voice. Uh, I'm actually just gonna do this whole set as my alter ego, Ron Dickles, the insult comic with the heart of gold. Where'd you get that shirt, man? 
your blind Polish grandma? Because she sounds like a really sweet lady. That's like a really kind thing for her to do to get you that shirt. Uh, Ron Dickles, the insult comic with the heart of gold. Uh, no, that's okay. We don't. Have, I'm not going to be Ron. I'll save Ron for later. Check out my Twitter. Um, so uh, I've been thinking about the patriarchy, you guys. I've been thinking about it, and I think that the patriarchy can be out of love sometimes. Because I have an overprotective dad who wants to just keep me from getting hurt. And being a human person, and especially a human person who's a woman, um, that's pretty much everything. But I'm a feminist, you know? I'm a feminist. Or like, I might be, I don't know, I left a voicemail with my dad to double check to see if it's okay, but. <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't gotten back yet. I'll let you guys know. Um, but the patriarchy is a bummer. The patriarchy is a bummer. I didn't actually lose my voice. The patriarchy took it with each Planned Parenthood that they close. Just bit by bit taking it away from me. I don't have much left. <clears throat> uh, but the patriarchy is a bummer. Like women's, women's safety is a concern worldwide. And even with like the amount of privilege that I have, I'm, I'm pretty privileged. Uh, relatively like dudes follow me home if I'm walking home late at night like men follow me home and harass me uh, but what I prefer I'd prefer that much more like walking around my block a couple times to make him go away I prefer that much more to like a boardroom full of dudes like power dudes are way scarier than cracked up dudes who might assault me <laughs> I'm way more terrified of not getting enough maternity leave or not getting a promotion and fucking Kyle in accounting gets it just because he has a dude in my preconditional condition of a vagina. Like, that terrifies me way much more. I don't know. Like, statistically, I'm better off hanging out under the freeway than I am drinking the punch at a frat party. I'm just saying. <laughs> much better off. Um, but uh, let me know if you guys feel... Similarly, uh, do you guys uh, feel that uh, you're just like assaulted by dick-like things constantly? Like we're all just getting like slapped in the face by dick stuff all the time. Like swear words, cocksucker, prick, dick. Those are all about penises. Uh, buildings are phallic. All these buildings are phallic. Washington Monument's phallic. Submarines are phallic. I mean, like there's like a Georgia O'Keeffe out there, you know? Like there's some vaginas. But I don't think it's just the patriarchy. I think... I think like dicks are just easier to draw. <laughs> men, men spend their entire life with their penis, like looking at it. I can't see my vagina. Like if I could not give a police sketch artist description of my vagina if it committed a crime. <laughs> the cops would be like, was it a 5'10 to 6 foot African-American man wearing a dark hoodie? I'd be like, I don't know, it's like kind of tall and dark and it has like a hood of sorts, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really describe it in detail. I didn't get a good look. But dudes can write, they can write like a, an entire like war and peace length novel about their dick describing it, I feel like. I don't know, I'm just saying. There's more paintings of mountains than caves for a reason. <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, but... Getting back to rich dudes. I went on a date with a rich dude once. Uh, no, that's not true. I couldn't touch a, I couldn't touch a rich dude with a 10-foot pole made of roofies. 
they don't get anywhere near me. They can't stand um, the fact that I uh, speak words. And, uh, but I have been going on dates. I've been going on dates. I went on a date with this one guy and he said, uh, has anybody told you that you're pretty? It's like, uh, let me pull out the tally. Like, let me double check. I don't, <laughs> it was like he was conferring through me whether other people think I'm fuckable, like just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure he had a, a specific checklist in mind. Like, does your dad think you're pretty? Do you tell you you're pretty? No? Okay, great, 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 great. What about your ex-boyfriend? Did he tell you you were pretty? No? Excellent. You have just the right amount of low self-esteem that I'm looking for. Let's make this happen. Yeah, he was, um, he was a dick. He was one of those guys that definitely read those The Game books. Have you guys heard of The Game? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the movie Hitch, but with more hair gel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, he like definitely paid attention. He kept like insane eye contact and he kept rattling off questions like, what do you do? Where are you from? What's your mom like? Is she cool? Are you cool? Am I cool? Do you have your period? No, what the fuck? I was like, <laughs> calm down. Uh, I literally know nothing about you because all you've done is say sentences that end in a question mark. Like I have not heard a declarative statement out of you. Um, yeah, he read one of those the game books, but no one, no, one, no one explains those guys what to do when they get a woman home. Like it tells them what to do, how to get a woman home, but not like tips on what to do when you get them there. Like, you know, I've gone home with one of those guys before, you know, fool me once and uh, you know, fool me twice and then uh, fool me a couple more times. Are all dudes like this? Is like, <laughs> is this a pattern? Um, or is this just the guys that hit on me? Uh, no, but they don't tell women what to do when they come home. Like if they had to explain to a woman what would happen when that woman went home with them, no one would agree to it. No woman would be like, oh my God, yes, I would love to go home with you while you try to shove a half limp dick in me for 30 minutes and just like <laughs> smush it in and then vigorously try and get it back up and just blame your mom and then just demand that I go down on you and not once offer to go down on me. Oh my God, I'd love to do that rather than anything else, like go home and do the dishes so something gets finished. <laughs> Take that, meh. Uh, but I get it, I get, why, I get why dudes read those the game books, I get it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with people who, you know, have some social anxiety about approaching women but want to date and, like, want to have relationships. I don't think there's anything wrong with finding ways to get tips. Uh, I think there's something wrong with the way that we socialize people about women. Like, we say things like, women are mysterious. Women are beautiful creatures. Women have vaginas like flowers. That's terrifying. I would also not want to talk to a creature with a tulip between its legs that speaks in riddles. <laughs> Why would anyone want to talk to that? That sounds terrifying. I'm out. But I've been, I've been out dating a lot lately. Dating, I've learned that dating is kind of like school. Dating is kind of like school and dates are like assignments, and each person is a professor. And in hetero relationships, men and women tend to like grade differently. So uh, women grade like men come in at zero points. 
and you have to earn points in the assignment. Like, did he show up kind of on time? 20 points. Did he not ask the last time that you had sex? Uh, plus 10 points. Did he act cool when you wanted to split the check? 10 points. Did he not immediately ask you to fuck him and then like touch you weirdly? Plus 10 points. If he did that, minus 10 points. Uh, that's how it works. But men grade women, like women come in at 100%. A plus. A plus. Did she show up at all? Still at an A plus. Did she talk about her ex the entire time for like 70%? Mm, B minus. Did she ask if you want to go back to her place? A plus. <laughs> A plus. But dating's hard. Dating's hard. Getting good grades is hard. And uh, so that's why I cheat. <laughs> yeah. All right, one last thing. Um, politics, am I right? I don't get why we're scared of Trump. Like, people are scared of Trump. I, th uh, I don't get it. Like, he's just in the lead for a popularity contest right now. Are we really taking someone seriously whose arch nemesis is Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> like, he's, he's got nothing going for him, but everyone's all up in arms about politics these days, but politics has always been about big egos. Big egos and people making dramatic statements all the time. That's what politics has always been about. But um, so I'm going to enter a new party. It's the Bull Moose Party. It's actually an old party. And I'm going to harness today's technology to create a Frankenstein Teddy Roosevelt to come back and bust these trusts. Because <laughs> fuck Comcast. And um, I'm writing a uh, uh, fan fiction novel to get the word out. Um, it's going to be about 40% sex scenes with Frankenstein Teddy Roosevelt and about... 60% trust busting, and it's going to be called Teddy's Big Stick. <laughs> Look for it coming out uh, from McSweeney's. All right, thank you guys. Have a good night. She has a giant tulip in between her legs and speaks riddles. That was Tess Berry. Yay! Yay, Tess Berry. Yay! To love between her legs and speaks riddles. That was a great line, and I'm gonna quote it. And I think you need to make a T-shirt about it. I think it's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Tulip between the legs speaks riddles. Our next comedian, I think that he actually uh, is a as a sign interpreter. He's a he's a he's a vaginal interpreter for tulips that speak riddles. I think that actually is his job. I think that he's actually a an interpreter. He uses the finger symbols. I think he does a lot with his fingers. You guys, he's a hilarious comedian. You guys are gonna love him so much. Put your hands together, it's Ben Lupinetti! So, I, I didn't understand my introduction. Uh, is that a metaphor? Was that, are you, are you trying to say I give good hand jobs? Because that's true. Good for me. Uh, I would just like to say on behalf of the patriarchy, um, sorry. <laughs> would it square things if we bought you some flowers? Ah, call back. <laughs> See guys, it's gonna be fine. Just feel more shame and then we'll be about where we should be.
Um, <clears throat> so this, I read books. Uh, I like to read the paper books, you know, hold the, actually the foldy parts in my hand. And the thing about reading books is sometimes people will accuse you of only reading books to try to look smart. Which I think these people are too dumb to realize that doesn't actually make sense. I'm publicly reading a book. I am openly advertising that there's stuff I don't know, so that's why I'm reading the book. It's, I'm displaying my ignorance, and I'm obviously trying to do something about it, and I'm admitting it. I'm being upfront with you that I don't know things. I think people you never see reading books are the ones trying to look smart. You see a guy like, hey, you see Jeff? That guy, I've never once seen him read anything. I think he's a genius. <laughs> this is good. Don't lean on that. <laughs> um, you guys, sometimes in school or at jobs, sometimes you play these get-to-know-you games. I'm wondering, has anybody ever played this get-to-know-you game, Two Truths and a Lie? Played that before? Yeah. That's a weird game to play with people you're getting to know because that game is all about finding out who's the best liar in your group. Like, who in this room has the psychopathic just coolness to look you dead in the eye and tell you they've been bungee jumping, but they're actually super afraid of heights? It's like, yeah, I think Karen might actually be able to get away with murder because she can lie like a motherfucker. It's good. Um, what do you guys get when you cross a red wire with a yellow wire? New car. It's funny because it's true. Got that joke from a car thief like to think he'd be understanding about my stealing that from him. That's <laughs> karma. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> so proud of myself. I feel like I could just not talk for another 10 minutes and still have a good night. Don't touch that. What am I doing? God, <laughs> it's so broken and jagged and sharp edged. Uh, I've been looking for honest work recently and uh, I find it's hard going through the job interview process because I always get this question and I wonder, have you ever gotten this question when you're looking for a job? Can you explain any gaps in your employment? You gotten that question before? It's like, yeah, I'm a quitter. <laughs> I'm a quitter and proud of it, sir. I've been quitting all my life. I, Came into this world quitting when I quit my mama's womb to come out in the delivery room and I've been quitting my way across this great land ever since. Going to different places and then quitting those places to go other places. When I get to the end of my life, I'll be able to look back on all the joys and the hardships and the heartbreaks and the loves and feel gratitude for every minute of it. And as I draw my last final breath of life, I'll utter my final words, I quit, and then I will. I don't get asked back for a follow-up interview a lot. Um, 
You just got to be honest in those situations, you know. Somebody asks you, can you explain any gaps in your employment? I tell them, yeah, well, my last three jobs, uh, I got fired, fired, and I quit. It's like, okay, why, why, and why? Uh, stealing, stealing, and I'd stolen enough. <laughs> Moved on to something else. Actually, I did get fired for my last job for stealing, although I think that just goes to prove what a great piano mover I was. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is a good joke. Really struck a chord. Ah. See, I'm in tune with your expectations. Ah, puns are the key. That's grand. All right. Why do I even bother to keep going? I'm already the greatest. Oh, I'm like the Muhammad Ali of making people laugh. Because I punch people a lot. Um, I did have a data entry job uh, for a while that I thought was going really well until somebody informed me that I was supposed to be entering specific kinds of data. <laughs> into computers. And Mad Libs don't count. <laughs> Ben's boss, Count Dracula, was very gassy when he found out Ben hadn't done any work in a billion years. <laughs> Went over poorly at the staff meeting. <laughs> Good times. Um, what? I don't know what to. I, I was talking to my dad the other day. I, he was asking me about my job prospects, and I told him I got a new business idea. It's a taxi that doesn't actually move anywhere. See? We're always trying to get somewhere in life, right? We're always trying to get somewhere else in the city. We're trying to get further in our careers. We're trying to get into the relationship we want to be in. And we always imagine that when we finally get to where we're trying to go, that then we'll be happy. Then we can stop struggling and feel good about ourselves. But what if you get to where you're trying to go and you still aren't happy? Or what if you get what you were trying to get all that time, and then you lose it? I say, why postpone happiness for when you've already gotten to where you're trying to go? What if we could learn to be happy with whatever we have, wherever we are? What? <laughs> <laughs> what if? We could learn to be here now and say yes to what is. No, my taxi won't actually take you to a physical location. My taxi will be an education in learning to love every step of your journey and every moment of your time so that you don't waste all of your breath trying to conquer it. This is the Enlighten Your Load Cab Company.
And my dad said, you've really got to stop making excuses and get your car fixed. This is getting <laughs> ridiculous. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty content with how it is now. You know, I accept it the way it is. Um, got my car fixed. I was getting it gassed up the other day. And I thought, it's weird that gas is a liquid. It's weird that we call a liquid gas. <laughs> but then again, we call Olive Garden Italian food, so maybe being literal isn't metaphorically our jam. Um, <laughs> I was driving around the other day, and I noticed there's all these billboards advising people not to text and drive. These are billboards by the side of the road telling you not to take your eyes off the road. <laughs> I would bring this to the city's attention, but I'm afraid somebody would take it very seriously and try to warn people by putting up a billboard. <laughs> Hope you guys voted, because I did not. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Ben Lupinetti. You guys are you. Ben Lupinetti. Yes. Master of puns. I love puns. I got to tell you. I really, I really, I really appreciated that set very much. Um, I don't know. Our next comedian, he's all the way from L.A., I don't know if uh, people in L.A. understand the concept of irony. That was what I think that Ben really mastered on that last set was irony. I don't know. I don't know what happens with people. I don't know what L.A. is like. I don't know. All I know about, uh, I, I don't, I know so little about L.A. I think they like the smell of their own farts, but I'm not sure. I know that they're, I know that their ladies have really beautiful titties and uh, that I will never, I'll never be good enough. Uh, but your next comedian, he is going to be hysterical. We are very excited, you guys, when people come from another part of town. Also, Jonathan, bring him more Takate. Give it up for that. Oh, what, what? Uh, keep that excitement. Keep that palpitude of excitement going for your next comedian all the way from L.A., Andrew Caudill. Yay! Thanks so much. Give it up for Pam, everybody. Putting this thing on. Uh, am I supposed to talk into this mic? <laughs> We're going to we'll do t two mics. Hey, everybody. Uh, I am from L.A. We, it is very different up there. I'm sorry to be a stereotype, but I am an actor. Uh, I'm Flo from Progressive. Is that... <laughs> um, it's been a tough year. Been a tough year. Um, just haven't slept in a long time. Okay. Um... No, she's my wife. <laughs> she's my wife of 12 years. Okay, this isn't... This bit isn't going anywhere. Okay, uh... Where was I going? It's, it has been a weird year for me. Um, and by the way, happy fiscal year 2016, everybody. Happy. I was told in my work the other day that it is FY 2016. We had a whole fiscal New Year's party. Got a little weird when I tried to make out with my coworker at midnight. Um, she's like, Andrew, your shift ends at 5. Why are you still here? It's <laughs> it was seven hours ago. It was the janitor. Um, oh, my God. This <laughs> is... This is growing into vaguely racist territory. Okay, um, okay, I'm, uh, okay, this is over. Uh, hey, I'm Flo from Aggressive. No, um, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year, weird year for my clothes. I'm on my fifth belt to the year. I just want to let everyone, 
just want that to sink in. And I've, I've broken four belts this year. That's if you want to do the math, I've broken four belts. By the way, a, a belt is what you wear around your. Well, I don't know what you guys do. Okay, I figure all in sweatpants. Okay, that's not. I don't know what. That's not a stereotype. Um, no. Uh, I've broken four belts this year, and I'm a heavier guy. I get that. But I also think the belt industry needs to work on making more durable belts, you know? I feel like they've put all their research and development into making reversible belts. Like, that's something that we need. Who needs a reversible belt? Is anyone ever out anywhere like, man, I look like a fucking idiot. Time to reverse this thing to the vaguely brown side? <laughs> fucking nail this job interview at this law firm. Um, that's not a tag. I, um... Uh, <laughs> none of these things I've ever said before. Uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm a fraud. Uh, I sell insurance in Glendale. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, Glendale's a town. And okay. Um, no, um, I, uh, no, it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's all there is about belts. I was talking about belts for a while. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. I, uh, oh, I didn't know what that, what he just said. No, it was a weird year. I, I, the main thing that was weird <laughs> more than my belts was that I broke up with a long-term girlfriend. Um, she broke up with me, but <laughs> I'm a man, so for some reason I said I broke up with her. I always have the power. Uh, no. Um, and so I got back on OkCupid. I don't know if you guys have that, if that's a regional thing. <laughs> but No, I, I'm back on OkCupid. Oh, it's good to be back. Good to be back on the OKC. It feels like visiting my old high school, you know? Like, like all the faces are vaguely familiar, you know? Like everything's a little different. I do wear a Letterman jacket the entire time I'm on the website. That's more of a comfort thing. Um, okay. Uh, one of the first things you gotta do on that, on that uh, website is answer the questions. And there are literally 5,000 questions you can answer on OkCupid. Okay, That's a real thing. I'm a chill dude, I'm a chill LA surfer. I've only answered 900, but uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I do sell insurance in Glen. Okay, never mind. Uh, a lot of digressions. No, but uh, I don't know. Like, th there's a question on there that really sticks out to me to tell you all what OKCupid okay about, which is about, and it's um, if you were dating someone and they vocalized a strong negative opinion about a race of people, would you keep dating them? And the answer was uh, the answers. And by the way, there are answers. I feel like it's a pretty cut and dry issue, but the answers are yes, no, and depends on which race. Which, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I try not to have too many deal breakers. I sell insurance for God's sakes, but um, I just I feel like if I was dating that person, it would just be a mystery the whole time. You know, like they answered like depends on which race. Like we five years in a relationship, I'd just be laying in bed and I'd just be like, so which race don't you like? Is it Tunisians? Is it? I don't know why in this scenario my girlfriend is 40 feet to my left, but hey, we have a weird relationship. We met on OkCupid. Um, okay. Uh, one of the first things you also have to do is figure out your mile range is literally how far you're willing to go to date somebody. And, I, and the options are 5 miles, 10 miles, 25, 100, 500 miles, which is, that's a real thing, which is for that hot, growing demographic of people that aren't willing to pay for their dating website but are willing to fly for a first date. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that is. I do 25 miles. You guys strike me as really nice people, but you strike me as 10 milers. I just got to say it, you know? I go the extra 15 miles, but I found out all my matches were like right on the edge of my range, you know? Like, and I just never knew until okay, Cupid that I'm my most attractive from 20 to 25 miles away. That's what I found out. I'm hot in the suburbs. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, boy. Um, 
Let's get back to belts for a second. The buckles, the buckles. No, okay. <laughs> I literally, one of the belts I broke this year, this is an aside. Uh, the belts I broke this year, one of the four. <laughs> one per quarter, fiscal. Again, okay. Um, I was putting my belts on for work and the buckle broke off and flew into my wall. <laughs> like, one of the things I like about being a fat, like a kind of a fat guy is that you're just immediately a great slapstick comedian. Like, you'll never get your deposit back, but like you have timing, okay. <laughs> no, I do work in an office. I don't sell insurance. I do data entry as the last comedian. That's what all comedians do, apparently. I do data entry because it's the family business. Uh, we actually, we're 10th generation data entry. Um, <laughs> I like it because it's an honest day work. I often come home after eight hours of staring at an Excel spreadsheet, and I've sweat through three, four t-shirts. I mean, that's just, that's more of a fat guy thing. <laughs> um, okay, a lot of digressions here. Um, I just, I don't know. I work in an office. It's, it sucks. It's boring. I just, people at offices love sports analogies. They use a sports analogy any chance they get, but they're not even, not only are they cliched, not only are they like inarticulate about what they're trying to say, they don't even make sense to the sports they're trying to reference. Like everybody in my office every day wants to touch base. Do you guys have this at your job? Everyone's touching base. If, it sounds vaguely sexual after a certain point. Like if you have a touching base feti uh, fetish, you would come at my office all day long. Just loads and loads of cum. Okay, I didn't need to say that second part. Um, what a disturbing image. But like, that's not even like, that's from, that's a baseball reference. But what touching base means in the office world is two people meeting. If two people meet at a base in, in baseball, one of them is out. That's a terrible mistake. You could lose the World Series doing that. Like, I also, a lot of, the, a lot of people in my office want to do ballpark estimates of stuff. Have you guys heard this bullshit that is ballpark estimates? I was like, ballpark it for me. Well, you know, ballpark it for me. My insurance salesman, Andrew Cottle. Okay, that's not. I don't sell insurance. Okay, God damn it. I thought I didn't have to yell that. Um, uh, yeah, just ballpark it. Just like get me in the ballpark. It means a range, an estimate. That doesn't even make sense for baseball. In baseball, you want to get it out of the ballpark. That's your one goal as a hitter. I'm yelling about ballpark estimates. Uh, to, get, to catch you up. But I used to work next, next to this guy, Larry Ellison's yacht. He's the CEO of Oracle. He's the richest guy in the state of California. And I used to work right next to his yacht, and every day tourists would ask me, how much does that cost? Just ballpark it for me. How much does it cost? And they didn't tell us, because even though Larry, Larry Ellison has a yacht with a helipad on it, he's a man of the earth, salt of, he's salt of the earth, you know? He doesn't want to flaunt his wealth. He's just like you. He has a boat that has another form of transportation on it, okay? And an Olympic-sized swimming pool. He's just like us, you know? Billionaires, they're just like us, but... Like, they didn't tell us, and they were just like, oh, yeah, give me a ballpark estimate. And these guys, I would always see these tourists, these guys trying to impress their dates by giving an estimate of how much it costs. So he's like, ballpark, 20 million. Oh, I got to say, in the ballpark, 200 million. Ballpark, a billion. I heard a, rain, a ballpark estimate of 20 million to a billion dollars. What ballpark are they talking about? That is the biggest, I don't know. Um, you guys are probably all Googling it because you're all just about money here in San Francisco. <laughs> you guys are all clearly wealthy. Um, what was I talking about? I am a baseball fan, though. I think baseball is struggling, though. Like, it's still popular. It's fallen way behind football. It's just not cool anymore. I think it's just the way it markets itself. Thank you. Uh, 
I just think it's the way that the market itself. Like base, like football, the Super Bowl is played all around the world. Like a billion people can see the Super Bowl. But in baseball, their playoffs are mostly on TBS, in between reruns of Frasier. Like it's not the same thing, you know? And I don't know if there's any bad, I don't know if there's any, uh, okay. I don't know, uh, I don't know if there's any basketball fans in here. I, I hear the Warriors are kind of decent, but <laughs> they're like 45 and 0 at this point, but uh, okay. Uh, I, th this is too much of a digression, but uh, no. Uh, the basketball playoffs are mostly on TNT. You might think that's as the, about the same thing as baseball. But it's actually way better because TNT, their slogan is, we know drama. You can show Steph Curry hitting a three and then we know drama flashes on the screen. That makes sense. With baseball, where are you going to show somebody hitting a home run and then very funny flashes on the screen? What is baseball a joke to these people? It should at least be on USA where characters are welcome, all right? Have you seen that character, Madison Bumgarner? Okay. Local reference. Local reference. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Madison Bumgarner is a day younger than me, and I feel like we've accomplished about the same in our lives. Okay, nobody watches sports here. Um, but the one thing I don't like, and I'll finish up on this, the one thing I don't like are people that are proud of the fact they don't like sports. They're always like, oh, you like sports? You like, you like sports ball? You like when the blue team beats the green team? It's like anything sounds stupid in that tone of voice. Be like, oh, you like classic American literature? You like when that little man makes up a story worry about 1930s Dust Bowl, Oklahoma, and he like <laughs> sprinkles in little biblical allegories along the way, and it has like an ambiguous ending to s signify the ambiguousness of the Dust Bowl, like sports ball? Fuck off, you know? Like, and they say, like, what does it matter? Like, what does it matter if, if who won uh, a basketball game today? Like, there's wars in the Middle East. Nothing matters. We're all energy floating through space, but it's fun to watch somebody hit a curveball, okay? <laughs> That's all for me. Thank you so much. Sorry I ran long. Andrew Cotto loves sports balls. Keep it clapping for him. Yes. Yay. Sports balls rad. Yay. Yeah, you know what's you know what's really great is that the 49ers right now are recruiting an offensive line. Anybody who's over 250 pounds, you can play right now for the 49ers on their offensive line. It's good. If you're homeless and you're over 250 pounds, you're gonna play for the 49ers right now. There's, they're gonna move. Well, he's too tiny. They're gonna move you right down to uh, uh what's it called? Uh, Santa Clara. It's not the. San Francisco 49ers, Santa Clara 40 winos. <laughs> they're, they're dumb, like, come on. Anyone can play for them now. Go Raiders! Silver lives matter, you guys. Uh, you know whose lives matter? All lives. And uh, our, our next comedian, he is of the brown persuasion, but not black. <laughs> So we're gonna say brown lives matter, not black lives. All lives matter, you guys. You guys are, you are in for a treat. He is a hilarious motherfucker. He puts together tons of shows around here in the Bay Area. Laugh at his jokes right now and clap wildly. It's Ave Nakarni, yay! Pam Benjamin, everybody, Pam Benjamin. Oh, guys. Uh, I just got back from New York, and uh, you guys should fucking go to the East Coast, man, because people are very upfront. They're very direct, and it's very refreshing, unlike here, where people are very passive-aggressive, you know? Like, my neighbors keep leaving these post-it notes outside my apartment. One of my neighbors was like, uh, apartment one, keep it down, signed apartment four, right? <laughs> and the whole note was in all caps, right? <laughs> 
And I just replied, hey guys, uh, why are you shouting? <laughs> and uh, then they replied, don't be a dick, signed apartment four. And then I just took that note and put it on apartment three. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is where my landlord lives, so. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, apartment four is now vacant, so. <laughs> uh, so, but it's fucking expensive. Like, it's, I don't get it, man. Like, I, one of my neighbors is racist, uh, but I can't really do anything because she's, like, 95 years old and uh, has Alzheimer's. You know, she doesn't remember her name, but she never forgets to say some racist shit about brown people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like every morning she just wakes up going, I don't know what my name is. I just hate that neighbor next door. Like, that's it. It's crazy, man. Maybe that is a solution to Alzheimer's, just fucking racism. Like, that's it. And the only people that won't suffer from Alzheimer's will be the KKK, Donald Trump, and Bobby Jindal. Like, that's... Um, ooh, ooh, edgy, <laughs> edgy Alzheimer's shit right here on a Friday night. Um, you know what is amazing though is uh, cave drawings because they stood the test of time, you know? They stood the test of motherfucking time. Like, like the only thing that stands the test of time now is a racist tweet, like that's it. <laughs> Like a thousand years from now, people are just gonna remember who fucking, what's that guy's name? Um, the guy, Kramer, right? Like he said some racist shit. He still is unemployed. Like that's how <laughs> crazy it is, man. Art auction's always interesting because uh, you know, it, it's, the, it's the only place where a guy can just go, I'm the richest motherfucker in here, you know? And uh, it's a great place for kidnappers to hang out. <laughs> wow, that really took a turn, right? <laughs> um, so I've been, uh, what else has been going on? I've been um, trying to uh, read a lot, so that's been good. And uh, <laughs> that's always good, right? Books. And it not, not books, but just more, more, my, more like my Facebook feed. Because <laughs> I like to see what's trending, you know? <laughs> trending topics give a sense of what people are reading, you know? Like uh, when I see trending topics, I see Syria, I see uh, Paris. I see San Bernardino, and then I see some shit about Kim Kardashian. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are, what are people doing where they go, oh, this is a tragedy, I need to see some tits. Like this, <laughs> awful, man. Um, I, uh, I just completed 10 years in America, guys, 10 years in this country. Um, finished a decade. And I think I fit in now because I keep buying shit that I don't need. <laughs> for problems I don't even have. I saw this ad on the, uh, on the television at 2 a.m. for something called the Mighty Blaster. It's a fireman's nozzle you can buy for 19.99 to get rid of all those dead leaves in your backyard, right? And I bought the thing even though I live in a fucking studio, you know? <laughs> like it's and it showed up at my doorstep. I was like, what am I gonna do with this thing? And then I put it in my shower head and now my balls feel great. Like it's <laughs> just MacGyverized an infomercial product. Welcome. Oh, uh, man. This is what happens when you try and mess up your set, Pam. <laughs> no, I, I, tr I messed it up. Yeah. I had, yeah, it's a, uh, fuck. Okay. I had, uh, I had some new stuff written, so if you don't mind me trying some new stuff. Is that cool? <laughs> new time, new jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
apparently they found out that uh, you know people are signing up to be cryogenically frozen after they die so they freeze your body so you can re be revived at some point in the future right uh, that's a really fucked up situation because what will happen when you do get revived in the future you know some guy is just going to be like uh, yeah you're alive uh, so you have to go to work now <laughs> and it's going to be a very complicated resume right some guys will be like uh, you've not worked in 400 years like what makes you think you can work here and the guy's going to be like uh, I just came back from the dead <laughs> I can do anything motherfuckers <laughs> like it's, it's amazing um, okay. Programmer, <laughs> yay. Oh, man. I uh, saw a sign, I parked in a sign that said, uh, parking for customers only. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a customer. <laughs> I uh, just, I'm not buying right now, so. Uh, my car did get broken into recently, and uh, the guy stole a bunch of books. I was like, who's this thief that's a voracious reader? <laughs> And one of the books that was stolen was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Because I guess self-improvement applies to all professions, you know? I think this guy's getting a false sense of confidence, though, just reading this book. He's just going, hmm, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. First habit, be proactive. Be proactive? I just stole this book. <laughs> Second habit, communicate and collaborate. Teamwork. I already have a gang, like this is bullshit. <laughs> Third habit. Sorry guys, that joke is incomplete because I still haven't finished the book, so. <laughs> still work in progress. You know, somebody was talking about being an insurance agent. Was that you, Andrew? Yeah, You're not actually. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I feel like, uh, okay, that's fine, it's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I feel like, uh, Insurance companies are the biggest scam in America, you know? Because, uh, yeah, it is. It's like, it technically is like, because it's, it's kind of like being in the mafia, you know? Because you can't, in any other profession, you can't go up to someone and be like, hey, uh, you need to protect your family before you fucking die, you know? <laughs> that sounds like a threat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, there is... I, a um, little bit more about me. I'm actually recently single, um, but uh, <laughs> why you? <laughs> like it's, yeah, but uh, my ex-girlfriend, she still keeps in touch with me uh, by dating my friends, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's sweet. <laughs> I was at a friend's birthday party, and she was there, I was there. It was awkward because we had to take a group photograph. Because that's, that's what happens at the end of these fucking parties, right? You have to take a group photograph. And um, it all worked out, though, because she was at one end of the picture, I was at the other end. This way I could crop her out, she could crop me out, and our friends could crop both of us out, because <laughs> they don't like our bullshit, you know. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of benefits to being single, you know? For example, you get plenty of alone time. If uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Masturbation is life's insurance policy for loneliness. And Geico should be its official sponsor because, hey, 15 minutes could save you 15% <laughs> or more on a shitty date. <laughs> you know? And uh, you're always in good hands, you know, <laughs> sometimes. 
This girl Googled me the other day. She was like, uh, oh, you're a comedian. Haha, ha, let's get drinks. And I Googled her and four mugshots showed up. Oh. I was like, ha ha, let's get drinks. Because <laughs> I wanted to see what was going to happen. Right? It was easily the worst date I've been on because this girl was on her phone the whole time just swiping right. And I was like, this is bullshit, man. I'm going to call it a night. So I called a cab, dropped her home. And she got so drunk that uh, she started making out of the driver of the cab. And I was sitting in the back writing this joke. So <laughs> that's what happens. This whole dating dynamics, the dynamics of dating is changing, though, because it's very confusing. Like, who are these people online? Are they genuine? Are they real? Who are these people? You know, so I figured out a way to weed the real people from the fake people by asking them math questions. Because you can read people really well with this one question. I was like, if I have 10 million in the bank at 10% interest, how much will I make in 10 years, right? And if she's like, is the interest compounded? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, uh, you're a fucking gold digger right there. <laughs> or if she's like, what's interest? I'd be like, uh, let's get drinks and I'll explain. <laughs> you know, a lot of my friends, they uh, keep posting on Facebook about how they're getting engaged and everyone's trying to one-up each other with the most original idea. And I say it's all fucking bullshit, man. You should propose to your significant other when you're very comfortable. You should propose after a uh, movie marathon of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Because after watching those movies for nine hours, when you see the ring going into the volcano and melting in that molten lava, you get down on one knee and be like, hey, guess what I found? <laughs> <laughs> I found the precious. And if she doesn't like that, you should just take the ring and disappear. Like, that's what you should do. <laughs> anyway, that's my time, guys. Thank you so much. Yay, yay, yay. It's all hey, yay. My question, uh, I actually wrote down a question, which was, uh, uh, is the answer a million? Is the answer a million? Is the answer a million? I need to know if the answer is a million dollars. I was like, 1% compounded, 10%. If, yeah, I thought the answer would be a million. You guys keep clapping. Up, hey, Nick Hardy, yay! Hey, our next group is amazing, and it's more divine. They're, they're smoking cigarettes. They're going to stop doing that. We're going to make all this stuff work out for them. You guys are in for a motherfucking treat. We, we thought that tonight uh, that we were just booking Spencer Devine to do comedy, but nay, you guys are in for the full experience. What's gonna happen now? What, what, it's more divine. I said, what, what? You guys, your next group is Spencer Devine and Andrew Moore, and together, they're more divine. So uh, what I'm gonna say though is to David, careful because uh, on their mics, like try to balance it as much as you can. Uh, we should probably try to get a third in for the guitar. I can try to do that in a second, but we'll. It'll work. They're just gonna do it. Can you? You can plug that into here. Right. That we can plug that into that. Let's do that. I'll get you a chord. Hey guys, love them up. Clap like wild. You guys have no idea what you're in for. It's going to be amazing. It's more divine. Oh, 
your, hey, all your sets were great or would have been great if I had seen them. No, I'm sure they were so fantastic. I'm sorry that ours isn't good enough for you. They don't. It's all right. It's this all right. This is a radio station. Very tiny. Just it's watch very tiny us. Very, very small. Very, uh, yeah. I'm yelling in outrage to fill in the technical details of the show. We're plugging in the guitars, but I am outraged. Outraged at this country. Outraged at the things. Are you done yet? No, you keep being outraged. Keep being outraged. Ah, what's up with the weather, guys? Oh, finally we realize it's winter and I have to freeze. Fuck woo. you, San Francisco. Fuck yeah, woo. Oh, storm of the century. Okay, you done? You good? How's that sound to you? That's pretty good. This is not part of the show. It's just a sound check. Sound good? check. Good? All right. Beautiful. All right. Check one. Check two. Plop, plop, plop. Let's take it from the top. From the top. From okay. The top. <coughs> Woo! Woo! Motherfucking yeah! Motherfucking yeah! Fuck yeah! Woo! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Yes! 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 Uh, we're just hype comics, so it's just gonna be like however much more time of this. An undistinguished amount of minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll just go till we stop. Yeah. This. Uh, uh, so we uh, we sing musical yeah. comedy, but we're well, not well, just no, musical. We're not musical comedians. Yeah, we yeah, are, yeah. We are musicians first. Uh, artists. We are leaders. Teachers. We are snappy dressers. <laughs> we are good at making lists. Check and then off. checking them off. Invented the bullet point. Brett, Brett, here we go. Uh, so. Uh, with every song we sing, we like to give a positive message. Right, an uplifting message. We want you guys laughing. And learning. We call that... Fun-formational. Uh, <laughs> copyright symbol, okay? So I know none of us here are lawyers. Eyes, eyes, eyes off the burrito, eyes on the law thing. You Just listen to the us and watch the burrito. I yeah. get it. Just go for it, homie. I'm not trying to stop you like him. You eat. Eat, eat and so eat. if you don't eat, you'll die. People need food to live. <laughs> so uh, essentially, yeah, yeah. None of us are lawyers, but don't steal our shit. Right, if yeah, any yeah, of you yeah. are musical comedian duos, you don't, can leave now. Don't. Uh, don't. Give up on that. I know that you paid five dollars, but right. if you two do musical comedy, you can go. Get, get out. Um, so this first song. Oh shit! We started something. <laughs> now they're gonna be a group. No, stay. Sit down. No. What did I do? Hey, if you're musical comedians, you can come in. No. Spencer, it's all right. Well, they didn't want to be here anyway. We don't play to our competition. All right? I'm sure they're actually I didn't great. fuck up. I still have an audience, and they don't get to see comedy. Boom. So uh, who wins? Uh, so this is a song really about taking uh, charge of yourself, self-empowerment. Right. It's, it's about... It's about having an idea and working for sure, that. Sure, sure. Striving, because everyone has goals. Right. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know how to introduce it. This is the one we did sure, a long sure, time sure. ago, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're bringing it back. Yeah, um, it's back. 
I think I think we can all relate. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I think it's and everyone right outside the door can relate. Well, they will. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and all it these people matter. that actually love us can relate. <laughs> so this is a song about that. Here yeah. we go. Okay, it goes like this. Goes like this. Goes like this. Goes like this. Goes like. Goes like. Goes like this. Goes like this. Come on. Okay, Spencer. Pam really wants to hear it. Look at her face. Go for it, Spencer. How does it go? Don't let Pam. No, no, no. Oh well, there's a bunch of arguing, and then I talk to Pam, and then we start. This part you can sing along. We're gonna, gonna be rich. Bitch! You can sing along with that part. Da, 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 da. We'll be motherfucking rich. Bitch! La, da, 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 da. Gonna drive expensive cars. Gonna eat pop tots with caviar. After that, well, I don't know. It'll definitely involve. Hookers and blow out. Ah, ah. Because we will be rich. Bitch. La da 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 da. We'll be motherfucking rich. Bitch. La da 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 da. Get drunk on expensive alcohol. Marry six women and divorce them all. Gonna take my, my ass to court, but I'll be damned if I'm a child support. Cause we'll be rich. Bitch. We'll be motherfucking rich. Bitch. And when we're you're crazy. This shit is crazy. Quote, end quote. Put it on the DVD. And on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'll do uh, that. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. speaking of When we're on the top, we'll have it all. And when we're on the top, we'll whip my nuts out and say, fuck you all. We'll be rich. We'll be motherfucking rich, bitch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, no. We have one more, two more, one more, two more, one more, one more, two more. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna jump in. We're gonna do a thing that we like to do. Andrew, explain. Uh, so we, we, you know, we perform a lot and, and we're awesome <laughs> and talented and our, you know, and, and I'm sorry, I just hit that hash pendant now. Um, so, uh, <coughs> oh, no, 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 okay. So and we're really charming <coughs> and we're personable. 
and we stick to the point. Anyway, uh, uh, so what we want to do is because we do songs we want to do all the time. We want yeah, a song yeah, yeah. you want us to do. So so we want to pick a, pick a topic. This we'll do a song about whatever. Anything you... Scooby, no. Well, I mean, that's no. a song we already do. Ducks? ducks? What about ducks? What We're about them? Ducks. What Fuck about it, em? ducks. What about ducks? No, let's just do ducks. Duck penises? Duck dicks. All right. Yes. Yeah? What? What do you want? What are we looking at? What's going on? Swimming through the water. Swimming through the water. It's a duck. It's a duck. Swimming through the water. It's a duck. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? They're flying through the air and they don't have quack, a Quack, quack, quack. Because you don't know what they have under there. I'm talking duck tits. I'm Step talking back, duck back, tits. back, back. What you gonna do? What? It's a waggling duck corkscrew. Duck, 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 I'm talking duck ticks. I'm talking duck ticks. Oh yeah. Oh, sick. I'm talking duck ticks. I'm talking duck ticks. I'm talking duck ticks. How do they screw with that? What's the trick? Doesn't matter who you are, they'll take you. You better hide your cloaca. Ah, that's the poo slash pee hole that birds have. Have a butt? No, they. Well, they do, but it's yeah, but they don't have a pee hole. Duck dicks. I'm oh, talking duck dicks. I'm talking Take your pick of a duck dick, duck dick, duck dick. Look behind you. It's a stranger. Duck dicks. A woo. A duck dicks. A woo! Race dicks. A woo! I'm playing duck dicks. A woo! Gonna jump into a pool. But it ain't gonna be money like Scrooge. Nah, it's duck dicks. Duck dicks. A woo! Duck dicks. A woo! What they want, they just take. Better watch out near a pond or a lake. I'm talking duck dicks. Oh, woo! I'm talking duck dicks. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna turn your insides into soup, cause ducks travel in groups. Yeah. Duck dicks. Oh, Really wrong. Really slick. Uh, hey, Duck, can you help me open this wine? Haha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mind you having your dick out, but help me get some wine for this lady. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Thank you. See? Hey. 
hard-hitting issues. We're talking about the news. We're talking about... Hey, guess what, guys? That's on the radio forever! What up, what up, what up? Duck enthusiasts are like, there's not a song for me. I'm going to be... I'm gonna be honest. That's probably the most eloquent song I've written about duck ever. Ever. Oh no no no. What? Corkscrew surprise '83. Oh man. <laughs> the best duck dick thing yeah, yeah, yeah. to ever come out of Detroit. Uh, All right. Um, ah, duck dick. Uh, uh, um, there's a crazy question. I'm an idiot, you guys. Yes, you are. Uh, so this, uh, this last song we're going to do. Does anybody have a guitar pick by chance? Cause I'll, no? No? Uh, no, those are those are long and floppy. That won't help him play the guitar at all. This works. I got it. I got this it. This guy good. doesn't know how duck dicks work. Shun him. All right. Um, I only hang out with the homies who know science. And that works better. Um, 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 this last song, this song, are we doing the one yeah, about yeah, peer yeah. pressure, right? Peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Here's an honest question. And be honest, everybody. Who here has ever been a victim of peer pressure? Uh, uh, Put your hand up. Uh, Yo. Come on. Come on. Come on. You. Hey, burrito dude. You. I did this Put for you. You do this for me. Come on. Hand up. Hand up. Hand up. Here we go. Here you. we go. Here you. we go. Hey, 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 because it's still my life. Yeah. So, now, so uh, now that we can all relate, uh, this is actually the only song in which I play an instrument. So You brought your instrument today. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. No, no, no. We're inside. No, 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 no. Don't do that inside. We're good. Beautiful. So the song about, it's about peer pressure and how you can deal with it or whatever. Okay. Ready for it? Okay. So it's going to be sexier. I could do that the whole time. It's really hard. Play it the easy way, yeah. Hanging out with your friends. The party times will never end. Mama, to help you achieve that goal. Someone packs a fastball now. Round and round the room it goes. Round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Till it gets to you and you say, I'm cool, bro. There's this one thing I think you should know, and it's that you ain't cool. Unless you do drugs. Unless you do drugs. Little bag full of white dust. Ooh. Take a line, it's a social must. Mama, you wouldn't say no to a friend. There's only one thing, remember I said. You ain't cool, no. Cocaine! 
this. It's really out of tune. Wait, just give me one. Just one. Perfect. Go again! Alright. I'm saying you ain't cool. Fuck the man! Fuck the anarchy! Fuck the police! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! God damn it! Marijuana! <laughs> I say you ain't cool. Ha ha! I say you ain't cool. Hey! Do you do drugs? Then you're kind of cool. Heroin! God damn it. And Andrew. Spencer. Andrew, stop singing this song. God. Oh, fucking. Ecstasy! Party. We rocked a party. I'm saying you ain't cool. No, 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 no. I'm saying you ain't cool. No, 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 no. Thank you guys very much. We have my motor on. Your lovely host, Pam Benjamin. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, Pam Benjamin. Thank you, guys. More divine, you guys. More divine. More, more for more divine. Yay! More, more, more. More divine. Yay, yay, yay. More divine. You guys, are you ready for your headliner? We need to walk outside and say, are you ready for your headliner? Oh, fuck yeah, you are. Now you are. Oh, now they say, oh, this is gonna be scary and interesting. Of course it is. Do you guys know who your headliner is? He is, he is the uh, most majestic. Uh, he makes me blush more than any person that's ever blushed in the entire history of my life. Only because uh, I, uh, I, I, I am a, a tight ass. I actually have a stick up my ass. So it's so weird. Cause he's gonna pull it out for you guys. Ready, re be ready to laugh hysterically for the most amazing comedy of our headliner tonight. It's Charles Alpha Kelly! Oh, yes. I, what a pleasure it is. Most of you are comics. That's good, because that means you're judgmental. It's my favorite type of people. Do drugs, huh? Oh, yes, shove it in you. Any type of way you can. Anything can be drug. You ever peel an orange? 
Shove it up your ass. <laughs> Shoved an orange peel up my ass. Snorted lime juice. It was a perfect, perfect day for me. Eating ass, eating ass, loving ass. You ever eat ass and play checkers at the same time? King me. Lick the piece. That's what I do. Put my fingers in the vagina, smell my hand, lick them. Huh? Put it back in the ketchup, put it back in the pussy. Damn right, make that pussy delicious. You drinking that beer, you can be spreading that beer down the crack of a woman's ass. Get drunk. It's my favorite part, like a fountain, like a water fountain. The back of Emerald City. I'd eat pussy in a mystery van. Somebody was talking about Scooby-Doo. I love Scooby-Doo. I let my dog eat the pussy while I drive the van. <laughs> I'm a dog lover. I love it. I'm an animalist. Get that dog to humping. Dog got a nice strong dick. Pink for breast cancer awareness. That's what I like. Get that pink output in her pink eye. Damn right. Stretch that asshole open. Stretch it open, make it look like a racetrack. Configure eight. I like to tie that a gaper. You ever get a gaper, fellas, huh? You shove your hand in it? Yes, I put my rumble pack in it from Nintendo 64. Put my rumble pack right in her ass. Start playing Mario Kart. The rumble pack in her anus. Gave that anus a black eye. Brown eye, black eye. Yes, it did. Yeah, I gave her one pump for every San Bernardino victim. Strong, hard hit. Right to the back. She never saw it coming. Get it? It's words, people. Words. I wish I was living back in the dinosaur age so I can just slide down a brontosaurus's back into some pussy. Ah, that'd be something. Get this eight-foot bat out the way so I can get to that nice pussy, that nice jungle pussy, sand pussy. Avalanche volcano pussy. I love it. Put a coconut in there. Twirl it around. Guillotine that pussy. Take that pussy to the park. Walk that pussy around. Reprimand it when it does bad, when it looks at you wrong, when it spits on the floor. You reprimand the pussy. I like to beat the pussy with a flapjack like a criminal. <laughs> beat the fuck out of that pussy. Take my penny loafers off and be put a tie on before I beat that pussy like a gentleman. Beat that pussy up. Smack it up. Man. How you doing? What's your name again, buddy? Steven? Is that your name, white guy? No. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. I like that, Kevin. Me and you would gangbang bitches. Gangbang bitches in the back of a Taco Bell. One huge bitch. You get the side of that crease. I get the other side of that crease. Wouldn't even... Stick our dicks in that pussy. We just fuck those creases. <laughs> Long and hard, that fat bitch. Call her names while you're fucking her. Your old hungry barn, your big battleship bitch, your big fucking rhinoceros. <laughs> Spread those horns and get to that pussy. That's what I like. I like dick pussy to an old disco ball. Dance around that ball and eat that pussy, that old... Large pussy, big fat women. Don't we love them, huh? Oh. Fuck them. Fuck them. That's what we do to them. We fuck them. We put our capes on. We put our pillows on our heads. 
Fuck bitch, black bitch like you're a clan member, huh? You ever did that? Oh, come on. I fuck a bitch. We role play. I'll be Chris Brown, bitch. I'm about to beat the fuck out that pussy. Beat the fuck out of it. Anything that comes out of it, I'm beating up. I'm kicking in the shin. I'm going to take that fucking pussy to the turnbuckle. Beat it ten times. Let the crowd chant. Let that crowd chant with me. I'm going to take that pussy out. Turn my dick to a hidden Mortal Kombat character. Ermac that pussy. Yes, indeedy. Take that pussy to the hill. Throw it off. Kick it off. I love that pussy. Put, put the pussy in a jersey. Let it watch football with me. <laughs> Root for my team, pussy. <laughs> yes, indeedy. Take the pussy. You know what, people? <laughs> I, I said pussy. I said pussy for five minutes. So I can do better. <laughs> All right. Because pussy is gentle. You got to be gentle with pussy. Can't just take it like a like one of those people. <laughs> you gotta be gentle with the pussy. You gotta open it up, look in it, huh? While she sleep. Oh, that's investigative journalism. <laughs> you look at that pussy, evaluate that pussy while it's sleep. Put some old ooze in it from Nickelodeon. <laughs> Cause you went back to your grandparents' house. They got all your toys. Put a He-Man doll in that pussy. <laughs> Play with it, be a secret tunnel. Nice cave of alimony and dictation. Mmm, I wish I had a canoe. Cause that pussy's so wet, so delicious. Mmm. I ran out of sugar one day from my Kool-Aid. I put pussy juice in it. Tasted just as good. Tasted just as good. My, he, somebody was talking about Alzheimer's. You know how you get rid of Alzheimer's? Two shots of pussy. Right, right to the hole in your dick. Shoot it right into the hole of your dick like you're a fiend. Like you're an addict. Go, go to the back of that Texaco and shoot that juice in your dick. <laughs> Whatever your ailments is. Get that, that pussy juice. If your yard is brown because the grass don't grow, sprinkle some pussy juice on the edges. See if it doesn't fly up. Tulips, tulips are amazing. They're my favorite fly. I wish pussy did look like a tulip. I take every... I take every pistol off of it, whatever that is, whatever the things is called. Thorns, you ever get a thorny pussy? Oh my God, those are the best. <laughs> like you're a warrior, like you're, you're on a galaxy quest. Yes, Optimus Prime, that pussy. You take a hot dog, take the bun off, and just put the hot dog in the pussy. Heat the pussy up for 10 to 15 minutes. It's delicious. I never had a hot dog taste so good, Kevin. Till I put it deep in that pussy. One part was in the asshole. Huh? That's that's for the mustard. Oh, come on. That's fun. You never know what's down there. You never know what's trapped in those web of anus hairs. I love them. Bring a straw for spitballs. Come in, Carl. Come in and have a seat. We're just talking about pussy. That's all we're doing, taking the pussy out back, teaching that pussy how to ride a bike. You know what I'm talking about, Carl. <laughs> Take the panties off that pussy. Put it on your bike chain. <laughs> Damn right. I was with a bitch so big, you could put her panties on a tank. <laughs> God damn it, me and nothing. I had eight friends. We couldn't, we couldn't get that bitch to orgasm. I tell you that, no matter, no matter what we did. Until we all started putting on our Domino's uniform. She got so hungry, she came. So, 
Sourdough right in her gullet. Right down her gullet, yes. Crazy bread, crazy dick. You can make your dick into like a duck. Sometimes when my duck is gooey, I make it into like a duck. Or like Spider-Man. That's what I do with my dick. I wish I could make it into a car. Nice hybrid. But it won't. It won't bend in those ways. I wish my dick was a spear like Scorpion. I would shoot it in the faces of every woman I saw down the street, knock them all down, get over here, put this dick in your gullet. Knock out your wisdom, too. Ah, my dick is strong. Like, like steel, it's a steel dick. The Iron Curtain, it could have played for the Steelers in 74. My dick is, dick is mighty. I'm glad real audience people came back. Now I can tell some jokes. Oh my God! What's your name? What's your name? Tess. Oh my goodness! We got real people here. What's your name? Paco, like a Mexican. I like it. Paco, Paque. Reminds me of pussy. That's a great word. Paque, I'm so happy that you're here today. I went out in honor of you. I went out and had my first threesome in honor of you. Well, well, I got to be honest with you. It's the closest I've ever got to a threesome. I got my dick sucked while this bitch was breastfeeding. Huh? Give a little nigga a high five. Wipe my dick off on the baby's bib. Huh? <laughs> That's what he gets for having a Confederate flag bib. That's what he gets. He better learn. That little boy's going to learn. Kids have so much these days. They got... Game Boys and Virtual Fighter. They have so much toys these days. Everything I had growing up was homemade. Even the pornography. Huh? Where did you learn about a cream pie? My dad. My dad taught me about a cream pie. Taught me about the anal eight. It's when you get eight niggas and you shove your dick into a woman's ass. Called the anal eight. Backseat driving, as I call it. The old Tonka truck. Yes, indeedy. Balboa. Bobby Bonilla back there swinging that bat. Hammer time. I tattoo that anus. Yes, indeed, with suey sauce. Put suey sauce on that anus and write my name in it. I bring sand for occasions like that. I have a little, little vial of sand that I spray that let off in that ass. I love it. I love saying it reminds me of the being at the beach. When I'm hitting it from the back, smelling that ass, smelling that sand. It's like the beach, isn't it? Come on. Come on. I love it. You ever squeeze a vagina and make it look like lips? <laughs> I do. Well, shit, thank you. I appreciate it. I beat my dick to images like that. Beat my dick hard besides... Teddy Roosevelt, I beat my dick to pussy. Huh? I beat my dick to Teddy Roosevelt. People, goddamn Winston Churchill, fair, fair heroes. Goddamn it, you save somebody right now, I'm gonna beat my dick in honor of you. Yes, I'll, I'll put my dick in the Bible. <laughs> Slam my dick out of Jesus. It's all stretched out. Imagine how big his dick is. It's even half of what I imagine. That is a large dick, Jesus. 
Big dick biblical balls, huh? That's why the Romans killed him. His dick was swagging, saving the bitches, saving them. Couldn't help it get a little bit of that, get a little drop of that GC semen. You can do whatever you want. That's why he walked on water, because it was so thick, full of semen. It's easy to walk on like a waterbed. So much semen in that goddamn Galilee. Should have named it Seemanly. <laughs> Donald Duck. Damn right. I'd fuck a bitch like a duck if I had many feathers as a duck. <laughs> Whoa! Take that bitch out to the under the tunnel, under the bridge, and just quack on that pussy. Open it up. Corkscrew. I'd ruin that whole pussy. Ruin it up. I'd blow that duck up like my dick had Alka-Seltzer in it. Uh, I'm gonna blow that pussy duck up. I don't know what they call it. They're very submissive. They're like Asians of duck people. I'm not lying. Look at the male duck female. It's a fucking very, very submissive. I tell you that. Very submissive. Man, I love ducks and birds. Birds of prey. I used to have a scarecrow. He used to bring birds by and sit them on his dick because that's the only thing that you could see. It's the only place you had to sit. I used to draw pictures of it. Man, what's the deal with airline food? <laughs> huh? I tried shoving it up my ass, and boy, are my arms tired. Uh, that's a joke for your kids, people. Kids are great. Oh, what about Medusa? Do we masturbate to Medusa? I got one question for Medusa. Does the carpet match the drapes? Ah, because my dick is rock hard. Old Stone Temple Pilot dick. Oh, I don't li I've never listened to one song. I don't give a fuck. Good. The nigga been dead to me for years. I like Soundgarden. Huh? Yeah, fucking Soundgarden and Creed. Yeah, I fuck a bitch to Creed. I don't give a goddamn. I'm turning this Creed ain't never get a pussy wetter in my life. I put on some Creed. I tried that fucking T.I. shit. That shit don't work. That She opened up when you put the Creed on. What if? What if? Huh? Pussy was around my neck. What if? Ha <laughs> ha. I wish I could. Wish they made pussy to go around your neck like a turtleneck mock neck. I suffocate. Pussy suffocate me. Gorilla pussy. I love it. Personal. How long did I do? I've talked about pussy for 15 minutes. That's person. That's perfect. I've talked about pussy for 15 minutes. I could do better than that. <laughs> pussy is delicious. Pussy is amazing. I'm not lying. They're gonna. You gonna. We need renewable energy. It's right between your legs, ladies. Huh? Get those electrons moving. Start powering some cars, people. Stop sitting on your goodness, the future. I love that pussy. I wish it came without a mouth, that pussy. I wish I could just hang out with that pussy, take the pussy to the zoo. Look at the whales, baby. You're wetter than the whales. Pussy so good. I thought the pussy was drowning once. I had to go back in that pussy. Eat it up. Slurp that juice up off the floor, squirt down my gullet, squirt in my pocket. It's a plaid pocket. I don't give a goddamn squirt in it. Mess up, 
my Velcro on my shoes. Because I'm wearing shoes with Velcro on them, baby. <laughs> Fuck fucking a woman in Gucci flip-flops. I fuck a bitch in Velcro Spider-Mans. Pay less, get the pussy more. That's what I say. I, man, I make paper shoes. You got construction shoes, construction paper shoes, I'll make them. I'm done. <laughs> I believe I'm done. I have, no, I have one joke that I have to tell. It's my obligated joke that I have to tell because you all don't know me. All these comics know have heard this joke because it's so great. Does, does anybody smoke weed in here? Fuck yeah! You all are criminal. Yay. Yes, criminals. I don't smoke weed anymore. Everybody knows what I smoke. Pussy. Damn right! Yay. He said it! I smoke that pussy. You're all wondering. He's wondering, I, I like him, he, he see me smoking the pussy. He saw my eyes bloodshot pink. And he, he knew what the fuck I was up to. And you're all wondering how, Charles Kelly, how, how does a guy like you smoke the pussy? How can we smoke the pussy? Well, you get a woman, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, you're about to be so happy. You get a woman, you get her really aroused. I'm talking about get those panties soaking, sopping wet of the female juices. Those panties should weigh about three to four pounds heavier than they previously did. They should be mucky. You take those panties full of the juice and you put them over by the window and they develop this crust. Huh? Come on, that's the best part of a woman, the crust in the panties. I don't judge a woman at all. I just scrape it out, put it in a bowl, and I smoke it. Thank you so much, I'm Charles Kelly. Tonight, 12-4, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse on Mutiny Radio. Uh, that was some pro tips. That was a pro tip that you just gave about uh, pussy uh, and uh, snorting the pussy the stuff. Crust? What The crust. What I learned um, actually from my dad, this is my pro tip, is that if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. Oh. Yes. You smoke the pussy, you smoke the boogers. Da, na, 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 the more you know. The absolutely true. The more you know. Thanks, uh, uh, smarter people here. Thanks for listening to MutinyRadio.fm. This has been Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Coming up next, holy shit, hold your ships together for the uh, Ship of Fools with Todd Farnham. It's going to be great. Thank you again to David Zunzu running the ones and twos. We've had an amazing... Amazing showcase. Love you all. Up next, Ship of Food.